0: begin a new series today, grab your bulletin and uh, look at the front cover because that's uh, what we're going to be doing for uh, the next several weeks. The seven self-portraits of Jesus. Uh, We're calling it Selfie Mode. Jesus revealing himself to us. And in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus reveals really important things about himself. And we'll be looking at those uh, great I Am, uh, Statements of Jesus Christ. Uh, we said last week we'd like you to uh, kick off our time by sending in your favorite selfies. So let's, let's look at some of those. Clint, here we go. Uh, there's, uh, that one doesn't count. Uh, but lots of different uh, submissions and that was fun. Got some classes who did that. Yep, right there. They didn't win. Yep. We've got more. Yep, Brent tried to get in right at the beginning last Sunday. There's Myron and Kim with their uh, train. They were right there. There's a a dead turkey right there. There's a sleeping. uh, And there's another class. Yep. Okay. There's there's the winner right there at least one of the winners yeah <laughs> right so and uh, the theodore family with uh, aaron and fauna and lucas and naomi so winners are the theodore family i just kind of lumped you all together is that okay so uh, theodores you're here you win uh, the case for grace. We'll be doing a series on Grace this summer. And uh, you've got my new favorite snack in the whole wide world. Oots. Oots pretzels. Okay. They're sourdough pretzels. How many like sourdough pretzels? But they don't break your teeth. So that's nice. Uh, And the Bradfords, you are the other winners. You get a case for Grace as well as some Oots pretzels. And uh, our second place winner is, uh, let's see. Bud, i got—I got to get the name, Bud and Dusty Burns. Uh, we've got some uh, dog candy and I've got some human candy there for you. Uh, so that'll be good. Uh, but we're not done, okay? Some of you didn't get in. Uh, so make sure that you send, did you get that slide? Yes, right there. That's how you enter. You send it to Walloon at gmail or Ellis at Yahoo dot com. You can win next Sunday. Next Sunday, it's going to be, send us a picture of you or you and others feeding on Jesus. And you just have to listen close to the rest of the morning and you'll understand what that means. So anyway, that's our challenge and I'd love to have uh, lots of you participate. So go right ahead and remember church-friendly, okay? church-friendly uh, selfies. And selfies means you take it of yourself. Some of you sent me pictures, but it was just a picture. That doesn't count. It's got to be a selfie where you're holding or someone's holding it up and taking a picture of you or your group. Uh, That's enough. Locate with me on your phone or in your Bible, the Gospel of John, chapter 6. Gospel of John, chapter 6, where we find the first of the seven self-portraits that Jesus reveals about himself. These are the seven I am statements of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John. It speaks powerfully about the deity of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna say that again, it's important. The deity of Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter three, when Moses was called to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, Moses met Jehovah in front of a burning wood. Anybody remember? There was this bush and now there's this discussion. Moses, I want you to lead my children out of slavery. And then Moses asked this question, who should I tell them sent me? Cuz they're going to say, well, "Well, why are you here? Who sent you?" And Jehovah's answer to Moses, "Tell them I am has sent you. Tell them I am" Exodus 3.14 has sent you. I am means I have been and I always will be. Statements that only God can make himself. Draken, I am the Lord present today. I always have existed in the past and I always will exist. I am the self-existent one. I am. And these seven I am statements of Jesus are huge. They're telling us that Jesus is indeed God, the second person of the Trinity, God with skin on. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud uh, the first I am statement, uh, out loud together, and that first one is I am the bread of life. We'll begin with verse 25, John chapter 6, we'll read through verse 35. Would you read with me? Here we go. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven." For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for uh, being the great I am. We praise you for that. And now, Lord, as we study you revealing that you are indeed the great I am, help us to better understand exactly what that means. Lord, I I pray that you might, through understanding what it means, translate that to our everyday lives, Lord. Help us to know you better and draw closer to you Help us to get stronger in our faith. Lord, might we live out who you are better because we know who you are and what you're revealing right here. Right now, Lord, I I just want to pause and welcome your spirit like we do every Sunday to come and be welcome today in your church. Come and illuminate our hearts and our minds and our wills. Lord, as you speak and nudge and prompt us, we're listening. We're ready to respond and hear from you. And I want to pray right here, right now, and those who are watching online, I want to pray for those who need strength and hope and grace because the storms of life are smashing into them right now. So, Lord, for those who are struggling, for those who are lonely, for those who are discouraged, for those who are overwhelmed, Lord, I pray that your word might bring hope. I pray that your word might bring encouragement. I pray, I pray Lord, that your word might bring challenge to us today. And all the church family at Wallon Lake said with one united voice, Amen. It's critical to know the setting here, because if you don't understand how this happened, uh, it's really not going to make a lot of sense, so if you have your phone, your Bible, go back to chapter 6 and in verses 1 to 15, we have recorded for us this amazing miracle where thousands of people have followed Jesus out to a remote hillside, and now uh, they're they're there, they're listening, they're hoping that he'll touch them, that he'll heal them. It's mid-afternoon, you understand there's no restaurants to send the people to. There's no grocery stores, there's no super stores. Uh, they're out in the middle of nowhere, and the text here says there's 5,000 men. Which means, likely, there's between fifteen and twenty-five thousand people out there listening to Jesus. And and now they're all hungry. It's mid-afternoon and there's no food uh, and now they need to be fed. My resident food expert uh, Dennis Chrisman said on average you can figure an average meal if you're counting children, uh, men and women, about an 11 ounce portion is a normal portion. I would argue they all ate till they're filled, so probably they had more than 11 ounces, but we'll call it 11 ounces. If there's 20,000 people here, and they're all eating 11, 11 ounces of food, that's 13,750 pounds, almost seven tons worth of sushi and bread. You understand? This, this is a lot of food. That's the equivalent in weight to three Ford 150's or three Chevrolet Silverados. Okay, A lot of sushi, a lot of bread to feed 20,000 people an 11 ounce portion. Now the disciples find that there's a little young, young boy who hasn't yet ate his lunch and that might have been the first miracle if you think about it. The fact that the little boy hadn't dug in already. But anyway, and he's willing to give his lunch. Yeah, here it is. Have, have, and he has five small barley cakes and two small perch. Got it? I mean, we're not talking just a small. So Jesus takes this puny little lunch of the little boy and blesses it. Chapter 6, verse 11. And the food just kept coming. And the food just keeps being multiplied. All you can eat sushi, sushi and fresh bread... And for those of us who don't eat bait, um, all you can eat fish and barley chips. That's how I think of it. But if you like sushi, think of it in that way, okay? But it's all you can eat, and it says everyone ate till they were full, and there was even 12 baskets left over. What's the message? Give your little lunch to Jesus and watch him accomplish much. Give your little bit to Jesus and watch him accomplish much. Now here's the problem. Slide down to chapter 6 verses 14 and 15. The crowd loved the free food. <laughs> we like this. You're a really good chef, Jesus. So much that they want to make Jesus their chef king. You understand? We, we like this. We like this free food stuff. So they intended, it says, the text says, to force Jesus to become their free food king. And Jesus, knowing this, withdraws from the crowd. He doesn't want to be their free food king, but they're on the lookout for him. They still want free food for life, and now Jesus uh, drifts away, and he goes to the other side of the lake, and now we come to the text we read this morning already. Verse 25, we just read that. The crowds find Jesus on the other side of the lake. And they want to know, how long have been here? Uh, why did you come over here? Why, why are you on the other side of the Sea of Galilee? Verse 26, here's what Jesus answered. Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me. Not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. Jesus is explaining to the crowd, Jesus is explaining to us that there are two types or two kinds of bread. Track with me. There's Wonder Bread... There's whole wheat bread, there's pita bread, there is my personal favorite, banana bread, but that's bread that, that fills your stomach, that nourishes your body, make sense? But Jesus is trying to get them to understand a second type of bread and they're not getting it. There's a bread that nourishes your soul, not your stomach. And it satisfies our spiritual hunger and thirst. And that's the message he's trying to get them to understand. Jesus said, I fed you. He fed 20,000 people so that they would know he wasn't just some other teacher or rabbi. I just fed you so you would realize that I'm not just some other Teacher, that you like to go listen to, he got their attention by giving them physical bread and fish. Give me your eyes. But now Jesus is challenging them to go beyond the physical food. I don't want you just to think about bread and fish, I want you to realize there's a greater miracle available. You were impressed with turning that little lunch into something amazing, there's something even better than that. There's eternal life, he says, available, the bread of life that Jesus offers the crowd. Give me your eyes. And there's the bread of life that Jesus offers us. It wasn't just an offer back in John 6. It's an offer to us today. So they ask, how do do we get this spread? we want? We want what you're talking about. Sounds good. Keep keep talking. Slide down to verse 29. Jesus answered, "Uh, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one that God the Father has sent. And oh, by the way, Jesus is saying, that's me. Believe and trust in me and That's how this bread is available. Verse 30, they say, okay, that sounds good. Give us this this special bread you're talking about. Uh, And it's likely breakfast time. So they're thinking, okay, give us pancakes. Give us waffles. uh, Give us French toast. Uh, That sounds, make some omelets, Jesus. Uh, That all sounds really good. And then they say, verse 31, Moses fed... The children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. Anybody remember how long they were fed and taken care of? How many years? Forty, Forty years. How about being Moses for us? Yes, yeah, start feeding us. Verse 32. Jesus says back to him, "It wasn't Moses who fed the children of Israel. It was God the Father." You're thinking it was Moses, and it wasn't. It was it was the Father. Verse 33. And the bread that's available to you now is the second person of the Trinity. That's what he's trying to get them to understand. I'm the bread that's available. And I'm offering this bread to all who will believe. He keeps using the word believe. Believe and you can have this bread. Verse 34, it's not clicking yet. Sounds great. Give us a couple orders of this bread. We we like it. And here's what he says, verse 35, that declaration. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's the first I am declaration in the Gospel of John. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, you're not ever going to be hungry Spiritually again, whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. And here's what we know, they still don't get it. (laughs) It's not clicking. They are not tracking with Jesus. How do you know that? Verse 36, here we go. Um, But as I told you, you've seen me and you're still not believing me. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I'll never drive away. So once you belong to him, you're his child for keeps. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all of those he's given me, but raise them up with me on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I'll raise him up on the last day. Jesus is saying, the bread I'm offering you is not a something. The bread I'm offering you is a someone. You might want to write that down. There's a place on the back of your bulletin. Oh yeah, I'm here. Why don't I write? Jesus is not offering them something. He's not offering them physical bread. He's offering them a someone and the bread is none other than Jesus. And it's kind of interesting, he's the giver of the bread of life and he also is the bread of life at the same time. He's the good shepherd that walks through the valleys with us. He's the one who's there at our side even through the deepest valley, the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus is our friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the one who satisfies and fills the emptiness of our souls. Jesus brings us joy and meaning and purpose. And we just looked at that under the sun. There's no other options. It's only found in Jesus Christ. So, now you have the crowd. They found Jesus. And now they want more fish and chips. They want more sushi and and warm bread. How do you suppose they respond to this amazing offer? Eternal life. I'll I'll make you a part of my family. And I'll never let you go. I'll protect you. I'll walk with you no matter what you face. Here's how they respond. Verse 41. At this the Jews began to grumble about him. Because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 42, they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? See what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> you get a little big for your britches, don't you think, Jesus? Uh, you're talking kind of big, we know who your mama and your daddy are, we know where you grew up. Some of us went to school with you, Jesus. How come you're talking like this? How come you're saying, I came down from heaven? Verse 42, who do you think you are, Jesus? (laughs) And I'm thinking right now, ooh, these guys want to throw down with Jesus. And I'm thinking right now, hey, hey, your arms are too short to want to pick a fight with God. Don't be be fighting with God. That's what God said to Moses when he was trying to pick a fight. And And I would say it here. You guys want to pick a fight with God? Your arms are way too short for that. Verse 43. Stop grumbling among yourselves. Stop grumbling. Quit complaining. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I'll raise them up on the last day. And as you read down through the next section, Jesus uses the Old Testament prophets to show, I am the Messiah. I am the one God the Father has sent. And you're seeking free buffet meals for life. But what you really need is to believe in me and trust in me and follow me. And they're all confused because they're thinking, I want food, I want bread, I I want more of the good stuff. And Jesus is saying, That's not what I'm offering. I'm offering the bread of life. The crowds are so focused on the materialistic side of life, bread symbolizes material need. You understand? We have to have food, we have to have water to survive, and that's what bread symbolizes, but that's all they can see. They're so focused on their physical needs and wants, they completely miss their greatest need. They they miss Jesus, they miss the bread of life, who brings eternal life and will never leave us or forsake us. And now Jesus is going to say something hard and strong and blunt, and they're not going to like it. Give me your eyes just before we go there. I need you to get this. Jesus is not talking about communion in these next verses. That's not the context. He's not talking about the Lord's Supper, or you could call it the Eucharist. Jesus is not talking about communion here. That's what we'll stick with. That's what we call it around here. Okay? So, these verses have been misconstrued over the centuries... To to mean Jesus is talking about communion or the Lord's Supper, and the truth is, he's not what he's not talking about. He's talking about believing in me. How do you know that? Go back to verse 29. Believe in me. Go back to verse 35. Believe in me. Verse 40. Believe in me. So here we go, verse 53. Hard, difficult, challenging words. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh, drinks my blood, remains in me, and I in him." Before we talk about that, let me say it one last time. The context, the setting here is not communion. It's not the Lord's Supper. The crowds are shocked at these words. They're searching for something. (laughs) What are they searching for? We like good free meals. (laughs) They were not much interested in believing and trusting in a someone They wanted something. They wanted free stuff. And Jesus is saying, no, no, I'm talking about getting connected to a someone. Verses 60 to 65, just read them. Hard teaching, Jesus. (laughs) These are hard words. You're asking us to believe that you are the Savior. You're the King. And we should drink daily from you? Really? These are tough words to hear. We're not sure we can follow you now. We don't like these hard words. That's not why we came here. Jesus, give me bread. Give me a promotion at work. Jesus, give me a nicer car and a bigger house. Jesus, take away the storms that are hitting my life right now. Jesus, take away the trouble I'm facing. Jesus, give me lots of stuff. Make my life easy and fun. I'm all yours, I'm all in, I'll be one of your biggest fans. Just, just give me lots of stuff. Make my life easy and skippy and always happy. But if you, if you don't, if, if following you doesn't automatically translate into more money and a bigger boat, and I never have health problems, and everything's always fine, and no pain, and no tears. If that's not what following you means, the crowd says, we're not sure we want to follow you. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not sure we're interested. Because we want, we want the kind of king that makes everything nice, and, and all the crooks in the road, he straightens them out, and everything is wonderful. We're not sure that you alone are enough, Jesus. We're not sure. So I need to ask you right now. Here's here's the hard question that flows from this text. Give me your eyes. Is Jesus alone enough for you? Is, Is Jesus and having Him at your side? And having Him taking charge in your life? And filling you with His Spirit, His joy, His peace, His patience... Is Jesus in you and working through you when the storms of life hit and slam and beat you bloody? Is that enough? Is the hope of heaven and the the fact that you're going to be with him for all of eternity, face to face, no no more sin, no more Satan, no more old sin nature, is that enough? Because the crowd said, "We we don't think so. That's not enough. We need more. Verse uh, 36 is one of the saddest verses in all of 66. One of the saddest verses in John's Gospel. From that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed Jesus. Isn't that sad? Why? Because he wasn't the kind of, of bread that they wanted. We want a something. We want free bread. We don't really want you, Jesus. I know you're saying it's better, but we want this this thing that we can hold on to and eat. And Jesus says, no, no, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Who believes in me will never go thirsty. I'm going to ask you a question again. Is Jesus enough for you today? Is he enough? And maybe you're thinking, well, well where do you start with that? How, how do I feast on Jesus? How, how do how do we begin that? And, and I would quote for for you a uh, a saying from a famous Chinese pastor named Watchman Nee. Anybody heard of Watchman Nee? Got some books. They're they're powerful. Ordinary Christian. Okay? But here's what he famously said. How do you get started? Here, here's where I would say, here's a good place to start. You ready? Want to write this down on the back? Here we go. No Bible. No breakfast. And that's how he lived. Watchman Nee said, I found that to be great. That's a great help for me. And, and here's my motto. If I don't feast on Jesus and his word, uh, if I don't make getting fed spiritually the first priority then I shouldn't be eating physically either. I'm going to skip the Cheerios, I'm going to skip the eggs and the bacon Uh, I'm going to skip breakfast because if I don't get Bible, if I don't feast on Jesus and his book then I shouldn't be eating. And here's what he says a little later. He says and if I don't get breakfast uh, and now I still haven't feasted on the Bible then no Bible, no lunch. Okay? And I'm just telling you, most of us here, suddenly now, you got my attention, Lord. That's my new way of, of thinking. No Bible, no lunch. And, and if you still say, no, no, first priority, go feast on Jesus and his book. If it's no Bible, no dinner, I promise you, we're going to be feasting. Are we not? I'm, I'm, me and you, Lord, I'm going to make time. Suddenly now, you are the priority. The most critical part to feed, I promise you, is feasting on Jesus and His Word. So I need to ask, how many of you would say, you know what, I I think I'd like to try that out. I think I'll take the no Bible, no breakfast challenge today and and for the next seven days i'm going to give that a go and and i'm going to test drive that with you and and i'm going to give that a shot because because i want to make sure that that's the priority and i promise you this is a, a surefire way no bible no breakfast uh no bible no lunch and if you still haven't made time for bible and jesus no bible no dinner it will push us in a good direction To feed us spiritually. So I'm going to ask you, right out loud, right in front of God and everybody and your your church family, how many of you say, I'm in, I'll give that a go. Okay. Keep your hands up. Now look around. Now look around and find somebody and you can tell them right now, I'm going to ask you how you did next Sunday. Okay, go ahead, tell them. I'm going to ask you and you can tell them if you got, only if you got your hand up, find somebody with their hand up. Okay, and you can ask me. Okay, we're going to hold each other accountable. The no Bible... No breakfast challenge. What, what does that mean? It means this. <laughs> Jesus, you're what my life's about. Knowing you, walking with you, drinking deeply of your spirit, feasting on you and your word. That's where real life is found. The crowds, they went away sad. They, they didn't get it. They, they didn't understand. They weren't interested. How about you? Jesus, start with me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being the great I am. And I pray, Lord, that as we uh, think through John 6 and this lesson you have for us to learn and grow from, Lord, my feasting on your son Jesus, feasting on your word, Lord, would you help that to become the priority for our lives on a daily basis? The truth is, lots of things distract. (laughs) Lots of things grab our attention. And Lord, I pray right now for my friends who just raised their hands and said, count me in on the no Bible, no breakfast challenge. Lord, would you start uh, helping us go beyond just the, the challenge and actually realize the power that's there when we feast on you and your word regularly to start our days? Would you give us the strength, the motivation, the zeal to feed first on you and your word. And I ask that for myself. Start with me, Lord, but I pray that for each of my friends. I pray that you might establish in us a holy habit to drink deeply of you and your word and your spirit every day. And if we skip a day this week, Lord, help us to get right back on track. And right now, before we close, there could be somebody here today who's never said yes to Jesus. Could be you're here and you've never said, Jesus, I've never feasted of you as my bread of life. I've never even started that daily stuff. I'm not even sure I know what it means, but I think I'm hungry for what only you can offer me. The physical things of this world, they don't satisfy. I need you, Jesus. Lord, would you draw them to yourself even right now? And as we close, right where you're seated, you can say, Jesus, I need you, front and center in my life. I need you, the bread of life. I desperately need you to walk through life with me, good days and bad. But first of all, I need you to be the solution to my greatest problem. I'm a great sinner. And Jesus, I believe you took care of my greatest problem on the cross. You shed your blood to take care of my great sin problem. Jesus, I believe you took my place in that grave, literally dead, but early on Sunday morning, you literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead for me. By faith, I trust you right now, Jesus. I receive you as my Savior, my King, my Lord, my friend. If you made that choice today, make your way over to the prayer chapel. Talk with me as you head out. We're going to ask the Lord to do great things as you begin your relationship bread of life. Work powerfully. It's in Jesus' mighty name we